man's imagination. The theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? Welcome to WGN Radio Theater. Special three-hour presentation. And your hosts, Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, about 10 minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater. It is program 441 in the series, and to my right is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. What's up? Hey, almost Thanksgiving. Hey, it sure is almost Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have some Thanksgiving programming for you this weekend. We have um, two Thanksgiving shows tonight, Jack Benny and The Great Gildersleeve. We're also playing Vincent Price as the Saint. That's not a Thanksgiving show. But two Thanksgiving shows uh, tonight and then two more tomorrow. Well, for everybody who has been begging for the comedies, tonight is a really good to uh, sit back, relax, and uh, have a few laughs. Right. In just a few minutes, we'll start things off with the Jack Benny program. And he has a dream about a turkey from 1947, Jack Benny and all his gang. And then Vincent Price stars as Simon Templer, the saint from 1950. And then uh, Gildersleeve, he has a, a serviceman over for Thanksgiving dinner from 1941. Hal Perry starring in that. So three great radio shows from now until 2 o'clock in the morning. And we have a special announcement, right, Lisa? Which announcement are we talking well, about? <laughs> a lot of special announcement, but one of them is we're not going to break the shows anymore. So what does that mean? Well, Oh, I thought you were asking me. <laughs> no, go ahead. What does that oh, no, mean? No, we're fine. not going to break the shows anymore, we're Lisa. Not, so we're not going to have news at the bottom of the hour, and that will allow us to play the radio show in its entirety without any break. So this 30-minute radio show... Is that was- what it means? It is. Oh, so wow. this 30-minute radio show will start right after we play Guess That Song. Yeah. And it will go all the way without stopping, which is really great. So there's no interruptions, no intermissions, you know, no breaks for the bathroom. So, you know, better get that in now. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to listen to the shows uninterrupted, we have them for you now. It's great. I love it. Yeah, we're really excited. Tonight's the first night. All right, we're going to play our game, Guess That Song, right? Yes. We are going back to 1967. This is Cat's Pride Presents Guess That Song. And we've got some great 1967 tunes. We're going to be looking for caller number four. So you can call right now at 312-981-7200. We'll be right back. Guess that song. We're going to guess that song. We've got Yolanda on the phone to play the game with us. Hi, Yolanda. Hey. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How about yourself? Good. I forgot to tell you are already winner of a Lou Malnati's gift certificate, which is fantastic. Wow. But we'll have a little fun first. You ready for some 1967 tunes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Here's a few seconds of the first song. Mm. What do you think, Yolanda? You know that one? Oh, boy. Oh, I I can't. I mean, you know, I'm familiar with it, but I can't bring up a title. I know. You're on the spot. Luckily, we have Carl's friend, Eric, who's in the studio with us. He's going to play the game with us. Eric, do you know that tune? I think it might be Light My Fire. You are right. Carl, did you know that? The Doors. The Doors is right. Let's hear a little bit more. to love this song. So this became the Doors' signature song. It was included on their very first album, was a huge hit, and launched them into stardom. Great tune. All right, Yolanda, there's one more song. No problem. Here's another great tune from 1967. In the misty morning, fog with 
What do you think, Yolanda? Um, <laughs> any idea? Yeah, well, <laughs> it sounds familiar, but I can't bring up the title. Do you know well, it, Carl? Ask, um, let's ask Eric. Wait, 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 wait. I'm asking uh, you. <laughs> uh, 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 Brown-Eyed Girl. That oh. is it. Did you know? Brown-Eyed Girl. And who sings it? Do you know? Um, Van Morrison. Yes, you are right. Let's wow. hear it. Wow. We're good. <laughs> Brown-Eyed Girl. So this was originally called Brown-Skinned Girl and was about an interracial relationship. Morrison changed it to brown-eyed girl, but some stations still banned it anyway for the line, making love in the green grass. Mm. A little racy for 1967, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yolanda, it doesn't matter. You're the big winner here because you've won a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for $25. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's very best deep dish pizza, our favorite here at WGN Radio Theater. You can find one of their 40-plus Chicagoland locations or order online at com. Thank you so much for calling and playing okay and thank you thank you yolanda all right she's a big winner okay and we're gonna thank you eric yeah, for playing right. the game with us eric knows his music 196 he wasn't born yet 1967 unfortunately You're generous. he's uh because he's only 19 <laughs> right? most, on, most of your on. friends are teenagers carl that's yeah, really with... he hangs out with like you know young girls <laughs> teens you know that kind of thing forever 38 that's me <laughs> oh man all right well oh, uh <laughs> So we are going to play Jack Benny in a minute, but I do want to give out our text in line, 312-981-7200. We love getting your texts. Uh, do text us. We're here all the way till 2 o'clock in the morning. Lisa has one spot to read, then we're going to listen to Jack Benny. Yes. A motorist this Thanksgiving holiday never drink and drive. The Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists Drunk Buster Program pays $100 to motorists who report an impaired driver that leads to a DUI. UI arrest. This program is in effect year round in DuPage, Lake, Kane, Grundy, McHenry, Will, Boone, and Winnebago counties, and statewide at all major holidays, including Thanksgiving. Citizens are encouraged to report erratic driving to the police. That's AAIM, the Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists. For information, visit www.aaim, the number one, dot org. All right. Uh, we're going to listen to Jack Benny. Now, uh, Shanti, can we play this, uh, or do we have to play some commercials before it, or we can play it? All right, we're going to play Jack Benny for you now. Uh, Jack Benny, one of the greatest comedians of the golden age of radio, TV, film. And he came to Radio 1932, lasted on radio all the way to 1955. Of course, he had a very successful television show uh, that made the transition from the radio show. And on this program a thanksgiving show from on november 23rd 19 uh excuse me november 30th 1947 he has a dream about a turkey is that what you dream about at night turkeys turkeys <laughs> oh yeah gobble gobble okay just right. checking. here is part one now the jack benny program the jack benny program <laughs> Starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, Sunday night is a great night for comedy on NBC. 
One of the outstanding comedians is Fred Allen. What? <laughs> However, it's too early for Allen, so I bring you his closest friend, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, Don, Rose Bowl tummy. <laughs> Look, I'd, I'd like to ask you something. After all these years, how can you imply that Fred Allen and I are such close friends? Well, Jack, last year when we were in New York, Allen told me personally that of all the friends he has, if he tried to borrow money, you'd be the closest. Uh, Fred Allen said that? Yes, Jack, he certainly did. Well, Don, I'm the kind of a man who likes to give credit where credit is due. And that joke deserves at least five seconds of silence. Will you people in the audience please bear with us? <laughs> and that isn't all Allen said. He told me that... Don, Jack isn't back yet. Well, where is he? While the bells were ringing, he was out in the audience selling good humors. <laughs> I was not. And you're, you're just as bad as Alan with those stingy jokes about me. Oh, Jack, it isn't only Fred Allen. Everybody is talking about how cheap you are. Even I'm embarrassed. What? Look what happened last Saturday night at the Brown Derby. Mary. You ordered a bowl of noodle soup and ate it right down to the last spoonful. Well? Then you caught a fly, threw it in the soup, and refused to pay for it. <laughs> Now, Mary, look And that was a fine thing he did at the football game last week Everybody else bought a pennant, but not you <laughs> What'd he do, Mary? He painted USC on his toupee and tied it on a stick <laughs> Well, I had the winning team, didn't I? <laughs> Yeah, but if you dyed green for Notre Dame, I'll punch you right in the nose. If you hadn't hesitated before green, you'd have had a great joke there. <laughs> anyway, sister, you're dimming, you're dimming my Christmas spirit. Now, let's get on with the... Come in. Mr. Benny, I'm from Coronet Magazine, and we want to express our appreciation to you for being our quiz editor this month. Well, I was glad to do it. You were selected because you are a man who always tells the truth. Of course. Good. Now we'd like some information for our files. Anything at all. Uh, what is it you want to know? How old are you? <laughs> well, uh, how old would you say I look? Oh, I'd say about uh, 38. Thank you. <laughs> Do you mind if I borrow your handkerchief? Why? The wind is blowing through this hole in my head. <laughs> what? I don't know why it is On other shows, when someone knocks on the door, it's a guest star On my show, it's always an idiot I'll be right with you, Jackson <laughs> I wasn't calling you But as long as you're here, Phil, snap into it and give us a band number Now, wait a minute, Jackson, wait a minute From now on, you just don't stand there and tell me to play a band number You request a musical selection <laughs> What? Then if the maestro is in the mood, he will acquiesce. Yeah. Phil, 
Phil, are you winking at me? Or did you lose the toothpick that was holding your left eye open? I didn't lose nothing, Jackson. I'm just classy now. Didn't you notice what happened at the opening of the show? Notice what? I was leading the band without a stick. Well, three cheers and a tiger for you. Without a stick, huh? Certainly, it's much more dignified now that I'm like uh, the other great musicians, Stokowski or Toscanini or Spumoni. I knew if he talked long enough, he'd hit the jerk pot. I was sure. <laughs> Phil, Spumoni is an Italian ice cream. Oh, thank heaven. I thought I said a naughty word. <laughs> no, Phil, you're in the clear. There was nothing naughty there unless... No, ice cream is ice cream, no matter how you look at it. And, Phil, as far as your music is concerned... Don't pick on my music, Jackson. I've got enough to do. I've got to come to the studio, rehearse the script, and I've got to rehearse the band, and on top of that, I've got to write my own music. You mean you make your own arrangements? Certainly, but if you paid me enough, I could hire a guy to come down and fix them up a little. You know, one good note here and there makes a lot of difference. <laughs> Phil, one good note in your arrangement is like throwing a rose into a barrel of Roquefort. <laughs> Anyway, hey, where's Dennis? It's time for a song. I haven't seen him since we had Thanksgiving dinner at your house. That's funny. Hey, Jackson, maybe the kid ate too much turkey and got sick. No, he couldn't have. There were 16 of us at the table, and I still have half the turkey left. There were 28 of us, and you still have three quarters of the turkey left. What? Nobody but you would think of putting sleeping pills in the stuffing. Oh, stop, will you? Yeah, I can't understand where Dennis is. You want me to go out and look for him? Yeah, see if you... Dennis, when did you come in? Just now. Why are you so late? Well, I had to wait for my mother. She took me downtown to buy a suit with two pair of pants. Well, why, why did your mother have to go along? The suit was for her. <laughs> for her? Dennis, your mother, your mother wears a man's suit? Well, she used to wear a dress, but one day while she was working, her heel got caught in the hem. She fell down the ladder and dropped all the bricks. <laughs> Dennis, you mean your mother's a hot carrier? Why didn't your father do that kind of work? Well, he has to stay home and do the cooking and sewing. Well, that certainly is a mixed-up family, your mother wearing men's clothes and your father in an apron. Yeah, when I was born, a doctor didn't know which one to take to the hospital. <laughs> Dennis. Lucky for me, he took my mother. Dennis, Dennis, what makes you so silly? Oh, I don't think he's silly, Jack. I think he's cute. You're cute too, Mary. And if you ever think of getting married, my phone number is Gladstone 1975. 1975. If a man answers, it's my mother. <laughs> Dennis, if Mary was thinking of getting married, it wouldn't be to you. You're just a kid. Oh, I'm not a kid anymore. My father told me all about the birds and bees. <laughs> what? The birds are the ones with the wings. Dennis, the, the bees have wings, too. Don't get vulgar. Dennis, do me a favor. Let's have your song, will okay. you? Okay. Can't understand how he got two shows. How he ever got a father and mother. Lately, whenever you hold me, you don't hold me tight. Don't you love me Remind you to kiss me goodnight. Don't you love me anymore? 
promised to thrill you to the skies. Now I noticed when we kiss, you don't even close your eyes. Maybe I'm just being silly to feel like I do. Am I the one that you adore? Or don't you love me anymore? Don't you love me I'm just being silly to feel like I do. Am I the one that you adore? Or don't you love me Love Me Anymore, sung by Dennis Day, and very good, Dennis. Thanks, Mr. Benny. Before I forget, my mother told me to thank you for inviting me to your dinner last Thursday. Well, you were very welcome. And by the way, kids, uh, all of you, I meant to tell you, you know, you almost didn't have that turkey for dinner. What do you mean, Jack? Well, somehow, I didn't have the heart to kill it. As a matter of fact, it was the day before Thanksgiving. You know, the turkey was out in the yard, and it was getting late. Look at her, Rochester. She's certainly a fine-looking turkey. <laughs> Gee, we've had her almost a week now. I know, she seems to know us. <laughs> well, it's got to be killed. Here, Rochester, here's the hatchet. Yep, we got to do it. Here's the hatchet, boss. <laughs> yes, sir, if it's got to be done, it's got to be done. Here's the hatchet, Rochester. No use wasting time. That's what we're out here for. Here's the hatchet, boss. I'll tell you what, Rochester. I'll toss a coin to see who does it. Heads, it's you. Here, I'll toss this quarter. Here goes. Where did it go? Where's the quarter? The turkey swallowed it. What? <laughs> boss, boss, with the hatchet, not with your bare hands. <laughs> I, I was just trying to stop her from swallowing it. Now, Rochester, let's not fool around anymore. Now, take the hatchet and chop the turkey's head off. But, boss, isn't there an easier way to do it? Why don't we kill it like Mr. Harris kills his turkey? Oh, does Mr. Harris kill turkeys a special way? Yeah, he feeds them a quart of bourbon and lets them hiccup themselves to death. <laughs> you mean he gives the turkey a quart of bourbon? On Thanksgiving, Mr. Harris wants everybody to be happy. <laughs> 
Well, that's silly. How can the turkey be happy? Its body will soon be in the oven roasting. Yeah, but its head will be out in the yard smiling. <laughs> oh, fine. Well, we're not going to waste any bourbon on this turkey. <laughs> Look, look, Rochester, we've stalled long enough. Now I'm going to the house, so uh, you kill it. But, boss, I, I hate to. Well, I'm not happy about it either, but it's got to be done. Now go ahead. All this fuss over killing a turkey. But then, you do get kind of attached to them. I remember I brought her home Saturday. And every morning she laid an egg... <laughs> If she could give milk, too, I'd have let her live. <laughs> but then, what have I got to lose? At least this way, I get food and a duster. <laughs> but I'm sure gonna miss her. She was kind of cute. I don't know, she'd all... Well, boss, it's all over. You mean? Yeah. Say, boss, I wonder what gobble, 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 gobble means. Why? Those were her last words. <laughs> well, don't worry about it, Rochester. It had to be done. I'm going into the den and lie down. I'm kind of tired, anyway. Well, it'll be good to lie down a while. Yeah, I'm tired after all the work I've done. I hope the gang enjoys the Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. But it's not like it used to be. I remember when I was a kid back in Waukegan. My father and I used to go out in that big forest and shoot a turkey. Just think, that's where Chicago is now. <laughs> I hated to make Rochester kill that turkey. It was my fault, too. I didn't want to do it. Yeah, I feel like I'm falling asleep. Maybe I better take my hat off. <laughs> I didn't want to kill that turkey. I didn't want to kill that turkey. I didn't want to kill that turkey. in the court. Court? Where am I? Where am I? Order in the court. Now the case of the gobblers of Los Angeles County versus Jack Benny. Wait a minute. What am I being tried for? You are charged with murder. Murder? <laughs> Wait a minute. This is a mistake. I didn't murder anybody. Who did I murder? You murdered my daughter. <laughs> but you're a turkey. And look, the jury, they're all turkeys, too. Everybody rise, please. His honor, the judge. Judge? How can you be the judge? You're a turkey, aren't you? 
Well, what do you think I am with this worm in my mouth? An apple? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) But, Your Honor, if you're the judge, why aren't you on the bench? Why are you sitting over there? My wife went shopping, and it's my turn to sit on the nest. Oh. (laughs) Whoops! Congratulate me. I'm a father. (laughs) And now let's get on with the trial. (laughs) The prosecution will present its first witness. Will the first witness please take the stand? Your name? Tallulah Turkey. (laughs) You promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? cross her legs, she's influencing the jury. <laughs> Imagine her coming into court wearing those short feathers. Now, Mrs. Turkey, when was the last time you saw your daughter? When she went out with that man over there, and she lost her head completely. That's a corny gag. It ain't bad for a turkey. <laughs> Order in the court. Order in the... Whoops, that's twins. <laughs> Won't Mama be surprised when she comes home? Will the next witness please take the net? I mean the stand. You are here as a character witness, sir. What is your name? My name is Fred Allen. Your occupation? I'm a comedian. That's a lie! (laughs) I object! Order in the court! Order in the court! Now, Mr. Allen... How long have you known the defendant? Seventy-four years. Just a minute, Mr. Allen. You're not that old. When you know a man like Benny, you try to hurry up and die. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. That will be all, Mr. Allen. Your testimony has... Whoops! That's three down and one to go. (laughs) And now will the defendant please take the stand? Yes, and I'll say plenty. Your name? Jack Benny. Your occupation? Radio comedian. Your wage? 38. What? Oh, my age. Well, that's a personal matter. Now, isn't it true that on the afternoon of November the 26th, you did murder with drumstick aforethought, Miss Tilly Turkey? Yes. But since when is it a crime to kill a turkey? The prosecution will present its next witness. Yes, sir. Your name, please. Mr. Kitzel. Now, Mr. Kitzel, in the course of your employment in a poultry market, isn't it true that you sold the defendant to Turkey? Look, Mr. Benny is a very good friend of mine. I don't like to say anything that's going to hurt him. Well, how long have you been friends? Since before he murdered the turkey. (laughs) Mr. Kitzel, quiet. Now, about this turkey you sold the defendant, was she nice and plump? She was beautiful. Then she was very well-rounded. Her pictures was banned in Boston. Now, Mr. Kessel, we want an identification of the deceased turkey. How much did she weigh? I think 29 pounds. You think she weighed 29 pounds, don't you know? Wait, I'll ask my assistants. Say, boys. They're not his assistants. That's my quartet. What's the matter with everybody? Are they crazy? Yes. How much did Mr. Benny's turkey weigh? What kind of a trial is this? She was the turkey of 29 pounds. 
In the barnyard she made all the rounds. Now there were 29 chickens as crazy as the Dickens of the turkey of 29 pounds. She left 29 broken eggs. She had feathers all over her legs. And brother, I am not bluffing. You ought to see the stuffing in the turkey of 29 pounds. She was a gob, gob, gobbling baby. A new kind of bird from the West. She'll make wonderful gravy. If you're not careful, it's on your best. She ate 29 bushels of corn. Since the 29 weeks she was born. She looks so lovely on your table with her legs like Betty Grable. She's a turkey of 29 pounds. Oh, gobble, gobble, the turkey of 29 Turkeys of the jury, you've heard the evidence. What is your verdict? We find the defendant, Jack Benny, guilty of murder. Don Wilson! <laughs> Let's get him, kid. <laughs> you, Rochester. See what a dream I just had. Dreamed a bunch of turkeys were eating me. I could feel them. One of them kept biting me and biting me. Well, boss, you should never go to sleep with your teeth in your pocket. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. gentlemen, be sure to listen to the Phil Harris Alice Faye show on Sundays and a day in the life of Dennis Day on Wednesday. Well, kids, I'm glad you all enjoyed the Thanksgiving dinner and, oh, darn it, I just remembered something. I forgot to invite Norman Krasna. I better call him up and apologize and ask him to dinner tonight. Norman Krasna's residence. I'd like to speak to Mr. Krasna, please. This is Jack Benny. I'm sorry, but Mr. Krasner's busy at the moment. Uh, could I give him a message? Yes, I'd like you to find out if he can go out to dinner with me tonight. Just a moment, I'll ask him. Hello? Hello, what did Mr. Krasner say? <laughs> Good, but tell him 8 o'clock. Goodbye. <laughs> This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. You heard uh, Mel Blank there at the end with his uh, Woody Woodpecker or whatever that is. I sure did. <laughs> and uh, he made a kind of a flub, little blunder. A little blunder. Yep. That's the first half-hour show we've ever played uninterruptedly, Lisa. On WGN. And it was a Jack Benny program. Very important, though, I have a question to ask you. It's related to Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. So, um, can a turkey jump higher than the Willis Tower? Hmm, that sounds like a joke. Can the turkey jump higher? Can a turkey right, I heard jump it. higher than the Willis Tower? Uh, the yes. answer is yes. 
because the Willis Tower can't jump at all. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. Good one. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. All right. Well, you know, we've been getting tons and tons and tons and tons of texts and, and also emails and calls. And messages about and Facebook posts. what's going on with our show. And the answer is we don't know. It's true. We really, <laughs> we really don't. don't know. So uh, one thing we do know is we will be here tomorrow. We're going to do a show tomorrow, two-hour show. But we will not, I do not believe, well, we're not on the air next Sunday at 11 because Nick DeGilio show starts at 11. We don't know if we're on before that. We don't know if we're on Saturday. We just don't know. Right. And as soon as we know, we promise to post it and let you know. Um, yeah. The weekend schedule is still being figured out. And as soon as it's ready, we promise we'll let you know because we're sort of waiting at the edge of our seat as well. Yeah. I mean, we love uh, bringing you this show. We hope it stays on the air. We just don't know. Yeah. So we're going to do the best show we can tonight and tomorrow, and we hope we'll be on next week. We'll find out this week, I'm sure, one way or the other. So if you guys can cross all your fingers and toes yeah. for us, we'll take it. <laughs> you know, uh, that would be, what, 10 crossings <laughs> if you did your sh- fingers and toes. I don't know. Because you got 20, you can so only it's cross 10. like two fingers on each hand because your thumb has nothing to cross with. Well, cross the two thumbs. That'll give you 10 crossings that I can think of. <laughs> I don't know, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) I guess in theory. (laughs) But more importantly. Yes. Well, I don't know if it's more important because our show is more important. I would think so. But since Thanksgiving is coming up, I have a question. And Curtis is Uh here, too. (laughs) So, Curtis, I'll ask you. Oh, no. Here we go. Hey, Curtis. What's going on? So, why did the cranberries turn red? Why did the cranberries turn red? I have no idea, Carl. They were embarrassed. Well, because they saw the turkey dressing. See, they were embarrassed. They, yeah. You were on the <laughs> was close. That was close. Not bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm going to get that gig. Zanies. With Zanies. I'm, yeah. they, that guy, the owner or girl. How do you know it's guy, a guy? I said guy or girl. Okay. Whoever if, owns Zanies. If you want to get Zanies, you got to talk to Rick Geezer. All right. He's he's, he's the out guy there listening. With, uh, Hampo B and Kaz. Yeah. He he knows the connections there. He's got the connection. Yeah. Because I want Carl may need a few more years of training. Yeah, <laughs> could be. Uh, it's like a quick break. We'll come back and then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. We have a brand new website, Lisa. It is the number one hundred and then radioshows.com. One hundred radioshows.com. There are seven hundred Digitally remastered, amazing quality sounding classic radio shows available for digital download, instant digital download at this website. There's seven collections, including a Christmas collection. That is a collection you want to get right now because Christmas is right around the corner. You'll get a hundred radio shows in each one of these seven collections. And you can look at it. You can, uh, you can listen to it. Well, yeah, but you can <laughs> actually see which 100 shows are in each right. one. If you go a to Western, the a detective, a mystery, a comedy, a Christmas, a drama, a, 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 an all-time favorite, all there at 100radioshows.com. Check out our brand new website. In the next hour, Vincent Price stars as Simon Templer, the Saint. It's not a Thanksgiving show. It's not a Thanksgiving show. But after that, we have a great Gildersleeve Thanksgiving show. You'll wanna you wanna check that out. And um, 
We do have a text in line. Make sure you text us. We're here till 2 o'clock in the morning, 312-981-7200. We're getting lots of texts. Uh, Yeah, I will say thank you very much for all the texts and the kind words. Uh, We do appreciate everybody's kind sentiment, and we are all hoping for the best. Yeah. Well, as soon as we know what's going on with the show, we will let you know. And what's the best way? We'll just post it on our Facebook page? I will. I'll post it on our Facebook page as soon as I know. I I can't tell you how many uh, nice uh, comments we're getting. And things like the weekend won't be the same without you. So we're uh, we're hoping for good things. Yeah, we hope we'll be here next weekend. We uh, we know we will not be here on Sunday at 11 p.m. though, because Nick DeGilio starts earlier. He's on 11 p.m. now. Right. So check our Facebook page. Um, just keep checking there. As soon as I know something, I will post it on our Facebook page. All right. Sounds good. As I say, next hour, it's The Saint starring Vincent Price. Then after that, The Great Gildersleeve. All right. Hour two of the WGN Radio Theater will be here till two o'clock in the morning playing all your favorite classic radio shows. And in this hour, it is The Saint from 1950. Vincent Price, Lisa. Good old Vincent Price, who did the Thriller album, remember? Michael yes. Jackson, he did the poem at the end. He did the, the rap poem at the end of the Thriller video. Well, he had a whole career before that, believe it or not. Yep. He was uh, he oh, was like a movie star. Is that like a Ripley's Believe It or Not? He was a radio thing. star, <laughs> and uh, he was a television star. And he was um, he even did something, I think it was with Sears. He had a whole thing with Sears. And they had like um, he was a he was a uh, an artist. You know, he loved painting, and he had this whole thing with Sears. I think in the in the seventies, where they had Vincent Price's paintings in the Sears store. Yeah, very diversified career. Plus, he was a gourmet cook. Wow! And he played the Saint yep. on radio. And we have an episode of the Saint coming your way. From 1950 in this hour. But first, we're going to play our game. We sure are. That's a Cat's Pride Guess That Song. We are going back to 1967. I think that's when you graduated college, right? Mm-hmm. It's right around then. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be giving away a really great holiday prize. We've got the certificate for a desktop pre-lit sports-themed artificial tree from... Tree time, tree time, tree time dot com. Everything Christmas. Ho, ho. Tree time dot com. <laughs> That's the one. So we're looking for caller number three. <laughs> you can call right now at 312-981-7200 and we'll be right back. Guess that song. We're going to guess that song. The songs are going back to 1967 tonight. We have Pierre on the phone to play the game with us. Hi, Pierre. Hi, how are you all doing? Great, how are you? Hey, Pierre, how are you? Fine, thank you. Terrific. Good. We've got two great songs from 1967. Only Carl will only like the second one, is my mm, guess. First one's a romantic first one's ballad. going to be then. a little too romantic for Carl, but it's a great song, and we're going to hear the first song right now. What they do and it's soon departed. Do you know that song, Pierre? Mm. Is it uh, soon departed? No. No. Do you know it, Carl? Yeah, something like higher and higher. Yes. Oh, yes. Is it? Yes. Higher higher. Your love keeps lifting me higher, higher and, higher. and higher. Let's yeah. hear it. This is Jackie Wilson. Let's hear it. What they do, Jack, Carl. And it's soon departed. Do you like it? Sometimes I surprise myself, you know. <laughs> it surprises me. I like this song. Higher and higher. That's right. 
So there was a cover version by Rita Coolidge in 1977 that reached number two, and it was a much slower version, and the title was amended slightly to Your Love Has Lifted Me Higher and Higher. Good job, Carl. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. This is a great song. We're going to hear the second song right now. I know that you have, because there's magic in my eyes. What do you think? You know that one, Pierre? I'm afraid not. Do you know Mm. that one, Carl? I can see for miles. (laughs) That's the name of it, yes. (laughs) That's correct. Do you know who sings it? I can see for miles and... That's the Who, you guys. It's the Who. Let's hear it. (laughs) I know that you have, because there's magic in my eyes. I can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. And you know why I can? Because I had LASIK. You're, you're going to appreciate what this means. So Pete Townsend wrote this after meeting his future wife, Karen, and it was a reminder that even though he was on the road, he could keep an eye on her for miles what? away. What? Yes. Is that what it's all that about? That is what it's about. What did he do? He have cameras uh, put in the can't answer the house? that. Pierre, you are the winner. You have won a certificate for a desktop pre-lit sports-themed artificial tree from Tree Time Christmas Creations. You can visit Tree Time time.com or their showroom on pepper road in lake bennington (laughs) for the most spectacular selection of christmas trees lights and ornaments you can't find elsewhere and i must say that we have a most beautiful christmas tree that's right outside our studio we're going to take a picture in front of it It is from tree time it is gorgeous so congratulations thank you so much for playing with us pierre thank you i love your show and i hope you stay on the air thank Thank you you, so much we appreciate the sentiment oh it's very nice all right 312-981-7200. That's our text in line. It's time now, though, for The Saint. This was a detective series, and The Saint was created, Lisa, by Leslie Charteris, and The Saint was in movies, and George Sanders played The Saint in the movies. Uh, Also, Tom Conway, who was Sanders' brother, was radio's first saint. Isn't that weird? Yeah, Yeah. very weird. So, and then one year later... Tom Con- uh, Tom Conway left the role, and Vincent Price came in to play the saint, and he was billed as the Robin Hood of modern crime. Lawrence Dobkin was Louie, the Brooklyn cab driver who uh, drove... They didn't have Ubers back then, Lisa. I didn't think so, Carl. No Ubers. So they, Louie, the cab driver, would drive uh, the saint around. Right. Okay. It would have been more interesting. We'll stick with a cab driver. Right. And then, you know, Roger Moore played the yep. saint on television. Uh, I think Val Kilmer played him in the movies, too. All right, we have a broadcast from you now, July 23rd, 1950, called The Frightened... This is called The Frightened Author... Wait, is that right? No, this is called, sorry, The Fighter's Contract. Let's tune this in. Here is part one of the... No, it's actually the whole thing. We're going to play the whole thing, not part one. Right, we're going to play part one, part two, and the whole thing. (laughs) I'm just getting used to this. All 30 minutes, here is The Saint... Adventures of The Saint, starring Vincent Price. The 
based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor, Vincent Price, as... The Saint. Templer. Well, if it isn't Randy Patterson. Oh, Templer, am I ever glad to see you. Just what the psychiatrist ordered. Sit down, old boy. Take a load of... Uh, <laughs> join me in a bowl of force. Oh, thanks, but I... Ah, oh, sirree, am I ever glad to see you. A sight for these bloodshot orbs. Yes, sirree. I realize I'm a very charming fellow and all that, Randy, but even though me thinks this greeting is just a wee bit over-enthusiastic, uh, could it be we're leading up to a touch? Oh, Templar, old boy, leave us not be mercenary. There's nothing I'd rather leave us not be. My heart goes out to you, Simon, but not my hand. <laughs> Say, not bad, I'll use that sometime. You just did. No, I mean in one of my books. You did. Did I? Yes, in the case of the hangman's rope, or there's bad news tonight. Say, that's right, so I did. <laughs> what do you know? So, you read my books, I'm flattered. I read that one. Did you read my latest, uh, The Case of the Dead Man's Limp, or he died with his boots on and they were too tight? No, I missed that one. Oh, too bad. Well, that's why I'm glad to see you. Because I didn't read your book? No. Because maybe you can save my life. I could be killed on account of that book. Just that one? Oh, Templar, old boy, you cut me to the quick. The case of the cut-up author, or who hacked the hack? Oh, it's no joke, Templar. You've heard of Kid Waldo? The heavyweight? Yeah, I've heard of him. Well, when he was just a punk, Georgie Garnett signed him up to manage him. Lifetime contract. Now the kid is in the higher brackets, and he's still tied to Garnett on terms he no like. Well, can't he afford a lawyer? He's got a lawyer, but Garnett swings a mean pen, no loopholes. The contract is ironclad. And your heart bleeds for the kid, and you're afraid you'll bleed to death, I think. Not exactly. You see, the kid figures an angle. Garnett has a wife. Oh, a lovely tomato any way you look at her. And brother, you look at her. You mean the kid looks at her? Precisely, and vice versa. You see, the kid is no bad piece of merchandise himself. Six foot four of solid muscle. What about his face? Well, his face retains much of its original shape in spite of coming in contact with some of the fanciest leather in the business. Mm Mm-hmm. Soft music, two hearts in three-quarter time. I get the picture. Well, not all of it. Don't forget uh, Garnett, husband. Ah, yes, triangle. Three hearts in two-quarter time. (laughs) And that's the kid's angle. Play up to the missus while she goes for him. So he can use her to get better terms from Garnett, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Only the way I wrote it, the kid and the missus slipped the manager a dose of rock. The way you wrote it? Well, that's what I'm talking about. You wrote a book based on Kid Waldo's shenanigans with Mrs. Garnett, added murder, and put it on the newsstand? I did, so help me. And I do mean help. I see. One of your real-life characters has read the book. One of them, all of them. Uh Uh-oh. Garnett wants to know, are his wife and his fighter really giving them the business? And if so, how do I know? My wife wants to know, how do I know? And the kid wants to know, how do I know? Well, how do you know? Templar, please. A writer protects his sources. He better start protecting himself. Well, that's where you come in. Uh, how big did you say the kid is? Six four. That's where I go out. Oh, now wait a minute. I don't want any part of it, Randy. You deserve what you're getting. You should have known better than to use a real situation. Well, I didn't use their real names. You think I'm crazy? No comment. And I used a disclaimer. Any similarity, etc., you know. Yeah, I don't know how they caught on. But I used a switcheroo. The kid is a top heavyweight contender, but not in the book. I changed all that. Oh, you changed all that? Yeah, in the book, he's a lightweight. (laughs) Now, that's what I call a switcheroo. Well, they're after my hide, so you've got to help me, Temple. Well, what do you want me to do? You expect me to tell the saint his business? Oh, he'll think of something. I already have. Oh, great, what? I'm out of shaving cream, so i better go right Templar, down to the Templar, I door. appeal to you in the name of our friendship. I'm not... You know, kidding. Randy, I'm beginning to think of a few names for our friendship that aren't exactly appealing. Oh, you wouldn't let me down. You couldn't. I could try. Is this Simon Templar speaking, my old pal, my buddy? Oh, 
The Simon Templar who oh, saw me through no. the darkest hours of deadly literary tea? Oh, Rand. Who stood by me when the critics descended upon my first poor, defenseless brainchild? Oh, who was the Stop it, hate- stop it, Randy. You're breaking my heart. I'll do what I can for you, Randy. Oh, good old Templar. I knew you'd come through. But I still don't know just what you want. Well, it's simple, old man. These jokers are sore, all of them. Maybe they're after my hide. Well, that's what I've got to find out. In other words, one and all would thoroughly be delighted to see you dead. And you want to know if any of them are making specific plans for such delight, huh? Exactly. If we know what they're planning, maybe we can stop it. If, if not... You have a feeling all of a sudden any resemblance between you and a living person will be strictly coincidental. Right. <laughs> Why don't you give that punching bag a rest? It's getting tired. Who are you? Simon Templer. I'm a friend of Randy Patterson. Oh? Oh, please, kid. I want to talk to you. I got nothing to say. Well, then allow me. Look, mister. My lawyers are Smith and McCormick. It's in their hands. You want to talk? Talk to them. Oh, lawyers. Yeah, lawyers. I've been libeled. I never did none of the things it says in that book. You didn't? No. Well, then how do you know that the book's about you? How do I know? How do I know? Yeah, how do you know? Why, everything that happens in that book is just exactly like a... Uh, go chase yourself, will you? Oh, kid, you're looking the wrong way. This is my head. That's the punching bag there, see? Yeah. So long, kid. My name is Simon Templer. I'm looking for George Garnett. I'm Garnett. Oh, do you always greet your guests with a gun? Lately. The monk isn't around. Oh, who's Monk? Bodyguard. Templer, eh? I've heard that name. Well, uh, uh, what do you want? Well, look, I'd like to talk to you, but not in the doorway with a gun in my ribs. All right. Come in. Come in. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Templer. Templer. Oh, seems I... Uh, oh, oh, sit down there. Oh, thanks. <sighs> Have to take these blamed indigestion pills... Nervous stomach. Been under a strain lately. Terrible strain. By Jove, the saint. Uh, of course. That's right. Yes, sure, sure. Templar. Ah. Well, what brings you here, Templar? Randy Patterson asked Patterson, me to... Patterson, that rat, that skunk, that murderer. Murderer? Accomplice him. Uh-huh. Oh, who's been murdered? Nobody yet. Well, then why? Well, but somebody may be any minute, any time. Who? Me. That's what he said in that blasted book, isn't it? Me! But that doesn't yeah, mean... Yeah, me, me, me! Well, I tell you, Tamper, if I get murdered, I'll hold Patterson partly responsible. So help me, I will. Just because he said you might be killed, you have to thank him for the warning. But he won't tell me where he got the information so I can really protect myself. No, I can't sleep. I got... Where'd I put those pills? You swallow them. Oh, oh, oh. Do you know, Templer? Do you know where he got the information? No. If you knew, would you tell? <laughs> oh, yes, you would. I'll just bet. Why'd you come here, Templar? I've been wondering what you plan to do. So do? I... Do? What can I do? Look, I got a beautiful wife. We were... Well, we got along. At least I thought we did. Then he says in the book... Well, you know. Yes, I know. Oh, confounded Templar, a thing like that. How can you be sure? Felice says it's a lot of eyewash. That's what she says, a lot of eyewash. But I've been watching her, watching her and the kid. That's the trouble. Gets you suspicious. Mm-hmm. I've been watching. There's something between them. I know there is. But if only I could be certain. 
Uh, are you sure I took those pills? I'm sure. I mustn't forget. Doc says I'm... Well, anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, uh, what was I saying? You think there's something between Felice and the kid? Uh, yeah, yeah, think. If only I was... Oh, who's kidding who I know? And if Patterson is right about that, if he's right about that... Well, don't you see? The what? The murder. Oh. He could be right about that, too. It comes next. Yeah, the murder comes next. Not necessarily. That's why I got Monk. Big guy. Used to be the kid's sparring partner. Where is he? He ought to be here. Uh, say, look, you still haven't told me what you're doing here, Templar. What do you want? Nothing more with you, Garnett, but I would like to see Felice. Is she at home? No, at the Hotel Bennett. Oh? Yes, after this business, she moved out. Said I was too suspicious. Who wouldn't be suspicious? But I love her, Templar. That's the trouble. Why did he have to... Say, do you suppose there's a chance? Oh, no. Why do I keep trying to kid myself? Get out of here, Templar, will you? Get out. I'm going, Garnett. Goodbye. Hey, wait a minute. Where do you think you're going, Mr. Holmes? Monk! Monk! Oh, oh Mr. Garnett, I... I didn't know you was here. I seen this fellow come out of the living room. I didn't know who he well, was. Well, you might have asked before you broke my jaw. Is it broke? In at least three places. Ah, you're kidding. Is she a friend of yours, Mr. Garnett? Friend? Is anyone a friend in this doggy dog world? I don't know. Help him up, Mark. I'll help myself up. Thank you. Oh, oh. All right, Monk, you want sparring practice? I'll be glad to accommodate you. Wait a minute. What's she doing here, Mr. Garnett? I'm not quite sure. Well, shall I throw him out? Look, Muscle Brains, I'd already be out if you hadn't suddenly rushed to the rescue. He's right, Monk, and speaking of rushing to the rescue, where were you? Well, taking a nap. I've got to keep in condition. I might have needed you. Well, you got the Roscoe. In that case, why do I ever need you? Say, that's a thought. Perhaps a... Well, Zambler, what are you waiting for? I thought you were going. Well, this has been such a delightful get-together, I can hardly tear myself away. I can tear you away if you need any help. I doubt it, Monk. From the look of you, you don't do so good when the other fellow's in a position to fight back. If you was in the ring as long as I was, you'd be kind of banged up, too. But I was plenty good, brother. Plenty good. If you want to know, even Joe Lewis was scared of me. Yeah, yeah, he was scared to fight me. How do you like that? Lewis was scared to fight me. How do you know? Well, did he ever fight me? Not that I know of. All right, then. I see what you mean. <laughs> Well, goodbye again, fellas. Come in. Mr. Templer? Well, look what I get, and I didn't even send in any box tops. What? I was expecting Randy Patterson, but he can wait. In fact, I hope he does. Come in, come in. Mr. Templer, you've got to help me. Well, in that case, you'd better call me Simon. All right. And what do I call you? Felice. Felice Garnett. Oh. Oh, I'm so glad to meet you, Felice. In fact, I've tried to reach you several times today. Really? Why? Well, you see, I'm a friend of Randy Patterson. I didn't know he had any friends. Well, live and learn. Yes, and I want to keep on living. That's why I came here. If you're a friend of Patterson's, maybe I made a mistake. Not necessarily. What brings you here? I heard you'd been to see my husband. I wondered what your interest in us was. I'm afraid I found out. You said you wanted me to help you. I did. When I heard you were involved, I thought you might be just the one to turn to. That was before you told me about Patterson. Any friend of his is an enemy of mine. Of course, but Felice, I believe in the old saying, love your enemy. It's rather difficult. Apparently, you need someone to help you. Why not give me a try? Just, uh, what help do you need? Well, it... Well, it can't hurt to tell you. I'm being framed. For what? My husband's murder. Has he been murdered? Well, not yet, but... 
You know, it's funny how everyone seems to take it for granted that he will be. He will. How do you know? Well, that's what it's all about. What? Didn't you read the book? Look, just because Randy wrote a book. But that's why he wrote it, so my husband could be murdered. Is that a fact? Of course. Patterson wrote a book, thinly disguised, about me and my husband and Kid Waldo. In it, the kid and I plot to kill my husband. So George read it, got frightened. Now he suspects maybe we really are planning to kill him. He's even hired a bodyguard. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, don't you see? It's all a build-up. And George really is killed. Naturally, it looked like the kid and I did it. That's the whole idea. And Randy's in on the plot. Of course. The real killer hired him to throw suspicion on us. Just who is the real killer? I don't know. That's what I wanted you to find out. Well, it's an interesting theory, Felice. Theory? I'll check to see if it's anything more than that. You will? But, but if Patterson's your friend, if I... If he's pocketing blood money, this is the end of a not-so-beautiful friendship. And then, Felice, you and I could be friends. Oh, Simon, if you help me, we'll be more than friends. Aren't you forgetting just one small little item? Am I? Oh, you don't mean the kid, do you? So you don't really believe there's anything between him and me? Perish the thought. Well, then. But isn't there anything else now? Think on. Oh, I'm no good at guessing games, I'm... What about your husband? He isn't either. I mean, before you and I give way to mad rapture, shouldn't we think about him? Oh, oh so that's what's bothering you. <laughs> but we don't have to worry about him. He's going to be murdered. Now, don't look now, but isn't that what you want me to prevent? His murder? Heavens, no. I just want you to prove I had nothing to do with it. You'd better run along, police. You're angry. No. Well, then why? I feel a previous engagement coming on. I don't tell me you're afraid of my husband. No, Felice. Then I don't understand. I'm afraid of you. I thought you were coming over here. Well, I've been detained, and uh, she didn't have a friend. But I'll be right over now if you've got something for me. Well, I can tell you over the phone. It seems each of your opposition has picked up reinforcements. Uh-huh. Well, the kid has a couple of lawyers. Uh-oh. I was afraid of that. And Garnett has a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. How about Mrs. Garnett? She has me. Oh, should have known. One look at her and you... I'm know... still running. What? But I'm afraid you're going to have to tell me who did your research for you, Randy. Hampler. I told you it was strictly confidential. Well, you can either tell me now or the police later. Police? Mm-hmm, because your character seemed determined to act out the finale of your opus. Garnett is already shopping for a coffin. But I just made up that stuff about the murder. I, I don't think the kid and the gal would really knock him off. The consensus is that somebody would, so you'd better talk. But I gave my word. Did that ever stop you before? Templer, to think that you should say such a thing. You who've been so close. The trouble is, we've been too close. I'm a no-good, a heel, a liar. I'd sell my soul for a mess of pottage, but at least Templar has always been the best pottage. Mm-hmm. Now, will you please stop talking and talk? You want me to betray a confidence? I thought we'd agreed it's in character. How true. How very, very true. Well, the only... Randy! 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 Keeping you in shape, don't you, kid? Huh? Oh, you again, Templar? Yeah. Look, why don't you get lost and take Patterson with you? And Patterson already got lost. That's why I'm here. I don't get it. I was talking to him on the phone. I heard shots. I called the police, and they called back from Patterson's place. Uh, he's dead. 
I'm not surprised. What do you know about it? He had it coming. From you? Maybe. Only somebody beat me to it. Is that so? I got nothing more to say. You want conversation? See my lawyer. Yeah, Smith and McCormick. I know. I may get around to it. Yeah, do that. at the desk. They said I'd find you here in the bar. That's where I am, here at the bar. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Very. Well, it isn't, and I'm awesome. Nobody's been here all afternoon except my friend, Tony. Tony's my favorite bartender. Tony. Hey, Mr. Templer. Hi, Mr. Templer. Charmed. Uh, uh, Felice. Simon, bartender. Tony hit me again. My friend's setting him up. Okay, Miss Garnett. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Simon, what are you drinking? I'll just watch you. I know why you're here. Good. Suppose you tell me. I've been wondering. You want to know if I have an alibi? Well, I have. I came right here from your place and I've been here ever since. I see. You hate me, don't you? No. Why do you keep spying on me? I simply can't keep myself away from you. <laughs> I believe that. If you believed it, I wouldn't say it. Huh? You're just trying to mix me up. You've already mixed me up. What's this alibi you were talking about? Oh, well, for the murder, silly. Oh, and how do you know about that? It's not in the papers yet. Uh, really, Simon, for a smart man, you're the kid phone me. How else do you think I'd know? He didn't waste any time, did he? He knew I'd be interested. Nice of him to be so considerate. I thought there was nothing between you two. You are spying. I'm curious. Or maybe you're jealous. <laughs> I am uh, jealous, Simon? Terribly. I wish I believed that. What's between you and the kid? I told you nothing. He phoned you. Well, he knew I'd be interested. Oh, this is getting us no place. You could get someplace, Simon. If only you'd stop acting so slowly. So you could. Don't you like me just a little bit? Yes, Felice, I like you. Simon. Just a little bit. Simon. Who do you think killed Randy Patterson, Felice? Must we talk about this? I'm beginning to think it's the safest subject. Don't you have any idea who might have done it? No. I'm afraid I don't know what you want, Simon. I'm afraid I do know what you want. Well, get this. Isn't this cold? Oh, hello, kid. Oh, well, don't get the wrong idea, kid. We were just talking. Yeah, it looks like. How about the murder? You were making with the moon eyes. Well, now, kid, believe me, there's nothing between Simon and me, not a thing. <laughs> He's right, kid. There's nothing more between us than there is between her and, say, uh, you, for example. Huh? And she has assured me your relationship was strictly platonic. Police, you told him that. No, I don't get the wrong idea. Wrong idea? I ain't got any idea. Well, what does it mean? Blader was a philosopher, a student of Socrates, who believed that if two people got... Oh, a wise guy. Very. Kid, please don't be angry. No? You play around with this guy, and then he starts cracking smart. I ought to push your face out. Oh, kid, never strike a lady. And you, too. Or a gentleman, <laughs> when the gentleman is me. Oh, yeah? We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Felicity, miss. But not this time. No. Okay. Sorry. Now that only takes one. Three strikes, you're out. Now that's enough, kid. One more and maybe I'd be out, so I'd better be running. See you around. Oh, it's you. Mm hmm. You greet me with a gun, too, Monk. That's what I like about this place. So friendly. You got no idea how friendly. Just the guy we want to see. Come in, pal. Come right in. Now, that's a switch. Last time you were all for throwing me out. Oh, that's before I learned what a sweet guy you was. 
Now, come on in. Oh, with such a hearty invitation, I don't see how I can refuse. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you know, Monk, this is an unexpected pleasure. When I was here before, I got the impression Garnett was considering firing you. Oh, he couldn't do that. Where is he? In fact, you'll be in a minute. Now, you want to see why he couldn't fire me? Why? On account of this, some things I can do so much better. Like, for instance, this. <laughs> You kick so beautifully, Monk. Your mother must have been a rocket. Ah, don't try to hit back. This rascal's looking at your belly. All of a sudden, I'm everybody's target for tonight. What's the idea? Mr. Garnett wanted to know how much Patterson told you. He asked you nice, real nice. I don't ask so nice, but I get answers. Well, you want to talk now, or shall we dance? I have nothing to say. We'll see you about that. <clears throat> you still got nothing to say? I'm beginning to think of a few things, but I have an idea you wouldn't care for them. <laughs> you kill me. Maybe I can do the same for you sometime, like right now, for instance, unless you're ready to talk. I'll think about it. Well, while you're thinking, put up your hands over your head. Hurry up. Don't forget the Roscoe. My old friend, how could I? That's it. And now, just to help you make up your mind, here's... Oh. Oh, hello, Mr. Garnett. What's going on here? Uh, hello, Templar. Greetings, Mr. Garnett. You don't want to talk, Mr. Garnett. I've been trying to change his mind. I'll go right ahead. Don't let me stop you. I'm afraid it's no use. He's a stubborn type. Yes, so it would seem, Monk. So it would seem. Well, Templar, to what are we indebted for this return visitor? I've seen Felice. I thought you might like to know how she's getting along. Why should I care? Does she care about me? Does she ever even call? Don't stand there with your hands like that, Templar. It looks ridiculous. It's Monk's idea. You heard Mr. Garnett, Templar. Put him down. Well, if you insist. How is she, Templar? Who? Oh, Felice. Fine. I was afraid of that. Afraid? I'd like to think she needed me. I've got to put her out of my mind, Templar, completely. Only answer. Tell me something, Garnett. What? Where were you this afternoon? Home. All afternoon? Yes. Why? Was anyone with you? I was. The whole time? Yes, except for another nap. He likes to keep in condition. Only I didn't sleep so good. I was only gone a few minutes, just a few minutes. Half hour or so? Why, Templar? Did you try to reach me? Oh, no, couldn't have. I'd have heard the phone. If you were here. But I told so you... So you I... did. Just a minute. What are you going to do? Just this. <laughs> Templar! Why, you you knocked out Monk. Yeah, so it seems. Funny, I didn't hit him very hard. You aimed at his chin. Always was his weakness. Had a wicked right, but he could never take it. Round heels. That's his trouble. I could have made a champ out of him if it hadn't been for those... Oh, but that's neither here nor there. Why'd you do it? He slugged me before when I wasn't looking. This evens the account. And it gives me a chance to get his rock. Oh? I, uh, want to point something out to you, Garnett. I didn't want Monk interfering. What? Randy Patterson doesn't live too far from here. I believe you could make it in 15 minutes. Perhaps so, perhaps so. What are you driving at? 15 there, 15 back. Half hour would have been long enough. For what? For you to have gone to his place and killed him. Killed him? But, but do you mean have somebody? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't pretend I'm not pleased, but surely you don't really think that I... Why, that's... That's absurd! Well, you could have while Monk was sleeping. No, no, you don't understand. It's at least 15 minutes to Patterson's place, at the very least. If you hurry, race like mad. How do you know? I've been there, but not today, not today. But you know, you said yourself. All right, 15 minutes, round trip and half an hour. That's all you needed. But... Well, well, that was just round figures. I'm sure Monk couldn't have been out of the room for, oh, well, 20 minutes at most. You'll see when he comes to, we'll ask him. 20 minutes at the most. Uh-huh. I'm sure he'll say whatever you want him to, but we'll see. Say, I just thought of something. What? Has has there been any report about the murder yet? Uh, newspaper, radio? No, not so soon. Mm-hmm. Well, then, Mr. Templer, how come you happen to know about it? A nice point, Garnett, but notice what big ears I have, Grandpa. I overheard. Overheard? In telephone. 
Come on, Monk. Wake up. Wake up. Come on. Come on. Hey, hey where is he? I... Oh, hey, hey, it was an accident. I, I slipped. I hit my head. You didn't... Sure, Monk, sure. What big ears you have, too, Monk. Genuine cauliflower. How did you hear about it? Hear about what? The murder. Who, me? I'm... Obviously, Garnett didn't know about the murder, or he wouldn't have stuck his neck out by admitting you were out of the room. He didn't start crawling until I mentioned the murder. That's right, Templer. You noticed... But I also noticed that Monk was very busy trying to build the alibi before I mentioned the murder. Well, sure. I I was trying to protect Mr. Garnett. After all, I got a great sense of loyalty. No, Monk. You haven't got any sense of loyalty or any sense. How did you know he needed protection unless you knew about the murder? Of course. How did he know? Unless he was a murderer. Are you crazy? Maybe, Monk. But the alibi you were preparing for Garnett would have worked for you, too. If you were here with Garnett, you couldn't have committed the murder. Isn't that why you insisted you were gone only a few minutes? My head hurts. I got nothing to say. But, Templar, what motive would Monk have? There's one thing we've all been wondering about, Garnett. How did Randy find out about your wife and the kid? Must have been from someone who was close to the kid. Say, a sparring partner, for instance. Ha, 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 ha! Templar, you've hit it! I think so. Monk gave Randy the information. Then when things got hot, Monk was afraid Randy might snitch, so he... Killed him to silence. That's it, Templar, that's it. Monk, you scoundrel, you villain, you... Ah, shut up. Monk, that's insubordination. Now, come on, Monk. You and I are going to police headquarters. Who says that? Ah, Monk, don't try to get tough. Maybe Joe Lewis is as scared of you, but I ain't. Come on, let's go. been listening to another adventure of the saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. And now here is our star, Vincent Price. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. by Jerome Epstein. Our cast included Betty Lou Gerson, Bonnie Phillips, Stanley Farrar, Edmund McDonald, and Tom Brown. The music was composed and conducted by Vaughn Dexter. The Saints, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring in RKO's production, His Kind of Woman. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Your announcer is Don Stanley. Sam Spade cuts a caper. Then hear Dorothy Maynard on NBC. All right, that is The Saint with the fighter's contract. Vincent Price from July 23rd. 1950, Betty Lou Gerson in that show, along with um, Stanley Farrar, Edmund McDonald, uh, and that was uh, created by Leslie Charteris. He is the person who created The Saint. And a lot of people played The Saint uh, in the movies and on television and on radio. For a while, it was Vincent Price. Hope you enjoyed that. All right, so a uh, question for you, Lisa. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm Question scared. for you. Okay. What does Miley Cyrus eat for Thanksgiving? Um, Miley she, Cyrus. She eats... Uh, Twerky. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Good one. Yeah. All right. Thought so. Motorists, this Thanksgiving holiday, never drink and drive. The Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists Drunk Buster Program pays $100 to motorists who report an impaired driver that leads to a DUI arrest. This program is in effect year-round in DuPage, Lake, Kane, Grundy, McHenry, Will, Boone, and Winnebago counties. That's a lot of counties. It's a lot. And statewide at all major holidays, including... Thanksgiving. Mm. Citizens are encouraged to report erratic driving to the police. That's AAIM, the Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists. For information, visit www.aaim1.org. Did you go to Woodman's and buy all your turkey uh, preparations? Well, I'll tell you, I I drove by Woodman's yesterday. I didn't Uh go in, but I saw the big Woodman's and I saw the sign. Well, I was on Milwaukee Avenue in Lincolnshire. Yeah, my right? sister who's cooking maybe? my sister's cooking uh, turkey dinner yes right for everyone in the family right woodman's woodman's so are you really cooking turkey dinner i am i'm going to take pictures for you all right i want to see that. this thursday it's my night ah. all right i know a little scary now if a turkey won a race if a turkey won a race what would you call it uh turkey winner like turkey dinner no <laughs> so close Fast food. Oh, yeah, that's All right. good. More after these words. That's good. All right, Lisa, you got your links for November for the Classic Radio Club? I sure did. I'm enjoying my Classic Radio Club. All I get the digital right. download links every single month. Yep, Classic Radio Club is a great club. We started it here. Mike, Lisa, and I started the Classic Radio Club a little over a year ago. And uh, the club is all about people who love classic radio. They join the club, and you get 10 shows that I handpick every single month from my library of over 100,000 shows. They're all digitally remastered. They sound incredible. They're the full-length shows. Nothing's edited out of them. 10 shows come to you via digital download right to your computer. You can listen to them on any listening device or... You can buy um, the Classic Radio Club CD set. When you join, you can either join the digital program or you can join the CD program. On the CD program, you get five CDs in a collector case, all 10 shows, digitally remastered, sent to you right to your door. So uh, learn all about it. Check it out. Go to ClassicRadioClub.com. Right? Right. That's what I did. ClassicRadioClub.com. Um, I have another um, little uh, joke for you, Lisa. Oh, I didn't know those were jokes. Thanksgiving I wasn't joke. sure. <laughs> what do you uh, call an evil turkey? Oh. An evil, evil turkey. turkey. Oh, turkey. Mm. Mm. What? Poultry geist. Oh, definitely wouldn't have come up with that one. No, Shante like that it's one. a little off. I saw a little giggle on Shante <laughs> in there. It's close, but it's just a little off. Really? Yeah. A little bit off? Yeah. All right. Well, when we, uh, we're we going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll uh, we'll take it up to news. And then at that point, we have the great Gildersleeve. Yeah, what do you think of playing these shows uh, uninterrupted? It's kind of nice, right? Uh, yeah, and I know our listeners are texting in, and they're enjoying that. I'm enjoying it, too. Yeah, it's fun not to have to break the show. No intermission, guys. Wow. We'll just go straight through. All right, stay with us. We'll be right back. Motorists, this Thanksgiving holiday, never drink and drive. The Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists Drunk 
Trunk Buster program pays $100 to motorists who report an impaired driver that leads to a DUI arrest. This program is in effect year-round in DuPage, Lake, Kane, Grundy, McHenry, Will, Boone, and Winnebago counties and statewide at all major holidays, which includes Thanksgiving. Citizens are encouraged to report erratic driving to the police. That's AAIM, the Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists. For information, visit www.aaim1.org. You know what, Lisa, if you invite me over for Thanksgiving. If is the really is the really is key it, word of that sentence, if, is if. If you were to. If one was to invite you over, yes. If you were to invite me over. If I were to. Because you're cooking. Yes. I would bring something. Would because you? I remember the first time you invited me over you to your house. You said, I'll bring dessert. I said, and I'll bring I said, something. great. No, you said, I'll bring a couple pies. Yeah. And I that's said, usually great. what I bring, that a couple sounds pies. Great. But then I was driving over and there was nothing open. And so you didn't so I just bring showed up. anything. I showed up without anything. So I think you owe me a couple of pies. I think yeah. that's I the, mean that I know that that is rude, here. but I really had the best intentions. Right. Sometimes you have to plan ahead. Yeah, that's I was driving over and I think it was like a Sunday. I was driving over and everything was closed. It wasn't a Sunday. No. It was a weekend. So it was probably a Friday. Wasn't well, Sunday on the weekend? No, I think it was a Friday night. No. I don't yeah. think so. But anyway. Anyway, so sorry, now I don't Sorry trust I showed you. up empty-handed. Well, I'm and not I, really over She's it. never invited me back No, that's since. not true. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> she's like, that's We had cheap a barbecue skate. on my grill, and you loved that. Oh, yeah. That was good. See? I think I brought something you that did. time. Yeah, I don't think you'll come back I, with empty-handed. I brought handed. a Twinkie or something like <laughs> that. You, we all split one Twinkie. <laughs> Here, get the knife out. Let's slice this Twinkie up. <laughs> We're going to slice it right up. Um, I am cooking on Thanksgiving, and you are always welcome in my yeah, house. Yeah, but it's a tofu turkey. No, I'm making real turkey. You are? Yeah. I'm so you're making one tofu and one real one uh, yes oh that's good see everybody's happy that yeah. all right hey you know what we have a thanksgiving episode of the great gildersleeve now my brother can't stand this show well then he'll have to turn the volume down if, for a few if minutes my brother vince most my people crabby, love this show my crabby brother although vince. this is a special episode because right. it's a thanksgiving episode so just maybe yeah it's a thanksgiving show with hal perry and this is actually the first season that he was on the air because prior to 19, this is a November 16th, 1941 broadcast. And prior to 1941, he was part of the Fibber McGee and Molly series. He was a character on Fibber McGee and Molly, and then it spun off into his own show. So this was uh, the first year, so early episode of Gildersleeve. And it's their Thanksgiving show. So I thought I'd play that for uh, all of It makes sense timing-wise. <laughs> and we will play it completely uninterrupted. I know. I hope you guys are loving our new uh, timeline that yeah. way. Yeah. All right. So stick around because we'll be back right after news. Stay with us. Okay. Hour three. Thanks for staying up late with us. The WGN Radio Theater. This is where we play all your favorite classic radio shows in this hour. We have the Great Gildersleeve from 1941, and uh, Gildersleeve has a serviceman over for Thanksgiving. Well, that's nice. It is nice. Do you have any servicemen coming over for Thanksgiving? No, I'm not going to be home for Thanksgiving. Going over by my sister's. I know, but did you invite any servicemen? No. I didn't think so. I didn't, but um, they're welcome. But if somebody knocks on the door to of service course. your refrigerator got, or something. Yes, if he has a, uh, if he's in uniform, he can eat. Yeah, and if... if or she. <laughs> that's true. Or that's if he right. brings dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my both my daughters are coming in. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I have my 
my daughter Amanda, and then my son, of course, who lives with me, and then my youngest is it's coming. It's nice in too. to have the family. Oh, I know. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. And they have them all there. All right. So in a few minutes, Gildersleeve. But right now, it's time to play Cat's Pride. Guess that song. We are still with 1967. I have two fantastic songs. You let me know what you think. We're going to be giving away a uh, desktop prelit sports themed artificial tree from Tree Time. So that's a fantastic prize. We're looking for caller number five. You can call right now at 312-981-7200 and we'll be right back. Guess that song. We've got John on the phone to guess that song. Hey, John. Hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, doing wonderful. Thank you. Terrific. Glad Hi, you John. made it through. Your caller number five. We are still at 1967 songs. You feel confident in your 1967 We've songs? We've gotten most of them, right? What do you think, John? Uh, uh, well. <laughs> well, we'll see, right? Here we go. Let's yeah. try it. All right. Let's play a few seconds of the first song. Yeah, these boots are made for walking by Miss no. Sinatra. Is it? Is that boots are made for okay, walking? Okay, that's not the song that I had on our three oh. first song. Is uh. that is that is that right, Shantae? Wait, I think I think we've got a different. Hold on, John. We've got a, a little uh, mishap here because live that, radio. <laughs> that's not the song that I had in mind for uh, our three song one. Hang on one second here. I'll tell you something about this. Uh, I guess if I tell you what? the trivia, you're going to know what it song, is. What was that song anyway, though? I you don't know. know. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I don't know. Uh, want me to sing something? Um, <laughs> we could go to the next song if you want to, whatever she wa- whatever she says. All right. Oh. Sorry, John. That's all right. Uh, so, John, what's going on? <laughs> what? Well, I was just listening to you guys. I love that Mrs. Price episode. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. Saint. That was good. Are you cooking, John, for Thanksgiving, or what's going on for Thanksgiving with you? Well, I was thinking about doing a smoked turkey. Ah, uh, yeah. Do you have one of those, um, what are they called? Those... Oh, wait, yeah. Shante's ready? You... All yeah. right, let's 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 try this again. All right. No, it's okay. We'll We'll try the first one again. Okay. Or not. We can go the second one if you want to. Either one. Doesn't Anything. matter. Hmm. That's the same one. All right. You know All what right. that is? I guess it's just a different part that I didn't know. What is it? That is Sonny and Cher. The beat goes yeah, on. Yeah, the just, beat goes that on. Is son, that is yeah. Cher. It just didn't sound like the part I no, didn't recognize. All right. Let's play a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, that's Cher. Cher. Right, so that was so that was completely Lisa's fault. Completely my fault. I didn't recognize that. So Lisa was wrong about something. This could be a first. I just didn't recognize that. So this song was sung at Sonny Bono's funeral, and the song's title was carved on his tombstone. Oh, he must have loved this song. Yeah, this is a really uh, 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 this is a song that sort of defines yeah. the Sonny and Cher show. Oh, wow, that was a really. I kind of thought it was Sonny and Cher when I heard it. It sounded like Cher, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't recognize All that. Right, so, so my fault. Lisa made a mistake. All right, let's What's try the date song today? number two. Get out of here. Let's try song two. <laughs> oh yeah, you know okay. that one. John, John knows that. Thank you. No. no? 
You know that well, one, Carl? Do you know it, John? He needs a little no. help. No? Well, that was in the Blues Brothers, That's I think. right. Um, the I'd Blues have to hear Brothers. That's right. What is it called? Little, Come I'd have on. to hear a little bit more of it. This is their song. Come on, the Blues yeah, Brothers. John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd. Um, I didn't I, make it up very well. I can't remember. All right, let's play it. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. <laughs> With a movie and a tour. I'm a soul man. <laughs> now you got it. This is that's right. Great song. So of course the Blues Brothers released this as their first single in 1979. But this is Sam and Dave. Yeah, this is not the Blues Brothers. No, it certainly is not. (laughs) This came out in 1967. You know what? You are the big winner here, John. You have won a certificate for a desktop pre-lit sports-themed artificial tree. From Tree Time Christmas Creations, you can visit treetime.com or their showroom on Pepper Road in Lake Barrington for the most spectacular selection of Christmas lights, trees, ornaments, and things you can't find elsewhere. So congratulations. We just took a great picture in front of a beautiful Tree Time Christmas tree right here in the studio. So we'll post that uh, tomorrow. Wow. Way to go, John. Thanks a lot for playing Happy the game, John. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. All right, he's a big winner. Um, so, uh, yeah, maybe next time you pick a song, listen to the song so you're familiar <laughs> no, with I it. No, I know that song. I just didn't. Poor Shantae in there. I'm so sorry, we, Man, she was just like, ah, I don't know what to do now. No, it was the right song. I just didn't recognize Poor that. Poor Shantae. You know what? I didn't guess that song. That's all that's to it. No. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, in this uh, in this hour, it's Gildersleeve, and we're going to play it uninterrupted. All right. Great Gildersleeve. Uh, Hal Perry starred as Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve came to radio in August of 1941, and this show was from November of 1941. So it was only on the air a couple of months, and they were kind of uh, getting their sea legs, right? And uh, Gildersleeve was raising his orphaned niece and nephew, Leroy and Marjorie, and he was the town water commissioner and most eligible bachelor. A lot of fun. I love this series. Let's go back now for a Thanksgiving show, November 16th, 1941. Here is The Great Gildersleeve. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. (laughs) Each week at this time from Hollywood, California, Kraft presents Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve. Written by Leonard L. Levin. And now, let's visit our friend, the great Gildersleeve. Well, my goodness, Bertie, the ashtrays are all empty for once. Uh, What is this, some special occasion? For me, it is, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'd like to have the evening off. Oh, is this your night to leave early? No, sir, but I'd sort of like to get an advance on next week's night off. Oh, yeah. Uh, any reason why not, Marjorie? Oh, not at all. Go ahead, Bertie. Thanks. I wouldn't ask, only we've got spectacular things tonight down at our lodge. Oh. That's the mysterious and bewildering orders of the daughters of Cleopatra. Yeah, <laughs> yeah our Bertie's the head sphinx. <laughs> not no more, Leroy. I's now the exhausted ruler of the pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> 
been promoted. Uh, yeah, I see. Uh, does that make you the uh, head man? No, sir. I was practically a stowaway on the royal barge of the ancient Nile. And ahead of me comes the major domus of the outer chamber of the inner sanctum. Yeah. Then the, 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 the chief searcher in the bulrushes for the daughters of Pharaoh. Oh, yeah. And above her comes the royal rejecter of delinquent daughters. <laughs> well, uh, isn't there a queen, Bertie? Uh, Mr. Gillsleeve and our organization, every gal's a queen. Oh, my pardon. Uh... <laughs> well, what are you holding tonight, Bertie? An initiation? No, ma'am. It's the red, white, and blue fish fry. In order of, uh, you know, to honor a group of our visiting soldier boys. Oh, yeah. The daughters of Cleopatra is all 100% Americans. Well, that's a fine thing, Bertie, entertaining your uh, soldier friends. Yes, sir. We've even hired a military jitterbug band. Mm. The brown-skinned, boogie-woogie bugle boys. <laughs> <laughs> Go right ahead. And if you want to take anything from the pantry for the fish fry, help yourself, Bertie. Yes. Uh, you may want to broil a couple of cans of sardines. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you very much, Mr. Gill. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Say, Unc, you know something? Leroy, I wish you wouldn't keep using that expression. Of course I know something. But what is it? <laughs> well, well, I was reading in the paper where there's going to be about a thousand soldiers in Summerfield over Thanksgiving. Yeah? Well, let me see. Yeah, here it is. Well, uh, city will play host to 32nd Regiment Thursday. USO urges all citizens to invite army men to dinner. That's what I mean. Can we have a soldier for our Thanksgiving dinner, Uncle Mort? <laughs> Leroy, you sound like a cannibal. <laughs> Leroy, you mean can we invite a soldier to come to dinner? Yes, and I think it's a splendid idea. Oh, then we're going to have one? Why, of course. When I think of all those boys, many of them so far away from home... It takes me back to the lonesome Thanksgiving I spent in an army hospital back in 1918. Gee, Uncle, I never knew you were wounded. Well, it's, it's something I never talk about. Well, what happened to you, Uncle Maud? I was kicked by a mule. <laughs> Where were you kicked, Uncle? It... In the customary place. <laughs> that mule kicked me so high they gave me a pilot's license. <laughs> You know, I spent three weeks in bed, flat on my stomach. In those days, I had a flat stomach. But remember, kiddies, never mention a word of this to anybody. It's still a painful subject. Even now, I twitch when I pass a mule. Gee, Uncle Mort, where did this happen? In France? Uh, no, Leroy, in Missouri. I was buying mules for the army. Sort of talent scout for jackasses. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I got 9,000 of them before one of them got me. Say, I never knew you knew anything about mules. Oh, yes, Leroy. I had quite an asinine education. <laughs> yeah, but that was a long time ago. Let's forget it, children. Yes. Does that paper say how we go about inviting a soldier for dinner? Oh, uh, inviting? Let me see. Uh, oh, yes, here it is. Uh, patriotic families who wish to share their Thanksgiving dinner with members of the Army are requested to be at Bacon Square, opposite the City Hall, before noon Thursday to pick up their dinner guests. The Army men will be uh, bivouacked at the Square. What's bivouacked, Uncle? Uh, a, big a bivouac is a place where barking dogs are cooled off in pup tents. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I got to remember that. <laughs> also, that word. <laughs> well, then it's very simple. Huh? Just one more for dinner, Thursday. Yeah. You can drive down in the morning and pick up one of the boys, Uncle. Gee, that's going to be keen. Uh, we better ask Bertie if it's all right with her first, though. 
Uh, oh, Bertie. Yes, it's all right with me. You... Uh, that woman's wasting her time as a cook. She'd get a job as an airplane detector. <laughs> See, I have a better idea. Let's have a real celebration. We'll get a couple of extra turkeys and invite eight or ten boys. Eight or ten? Won't that be too much trouble, Marjorie? Oh, no. I'll ask some of my girlfriends to come over. Uh, girlfriends? Oh, uh, by all means. <laughs> That'll be jolly for the soldiers, too. <laughs> oh, gee, Uncle, the whole idea sounded great till you brought in the girls. We have to have girls. Why not, Leroy? Yes. What's wrong with them? Jeepers, don't you think those soldiers are doing enough for their country as it is without wasting their day off with a bunch of silly girls? And in conclusion, fellow citizens of Summerfield, let me urge you once more on the eve of Thanksgiving... To open your hearts and your homes tomorrow to the soldiers visiting our fair city. Yep. Quit popping your bubble gum, Leroy. Especially while I'm rehearsing my radio speech. Oh, I'm sorry, Unc. I'm doing it unconscious. Yes, I'm sure you are. <laughs> Young man, if you keep playing with your gum that way, someday you're going to have a blowout. And remember, you haven't got a spare face. Finish your talk, please, Uncle Moore. Well, I don't need to rehearse it anymore, Marjorie. I know that speech backwards. You do? Let's hear it. I bet it sounds even better backwards. Yep. <laughs> Leroy, you keep that up and you're going to get some applause backwards. You know, I think it's wonderful of you, Uncle Mort, to go on the air tonight and urge everyone to entertain the soldiers. Well, people have always told me I should be on the radio. They say I sound just like that fellow who used to be with Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some of the girls now. Oh, wonderful. Hello, girls. Oh, yeah. Hello, girls. Cute, aren't they? Uncle Mort, I want you to meet Betty Wilkins and Mildred Sherman. Hello, Mr. Well, what lovely friends you have, Margie. You should invite them here oftener. <laughs> Much oftener. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, not at all, my dear. I've always had an eye for redheads. But Uncle Mort, last year she was a blonde. <laughs> I see. She's got a convertible top. <laughs> Huh? All of us girls think you're simply too tremendous starting these soldier parties. Uh, oh, he ain't so tremendous. It's that suit he's wearing. <laughs> well, I like him just the way he is, especially that straight military bearing. Yeah. After all, he was an army man, you know. He was? Mm -hmm. What branch of the service were you in? Uh, you flew, didn't you? Uh, for a short time. <laughs> what kind of a plane did you use? A plane? It's a, an old Jenny. <laughs> You were wounded, too, weren't you? Uh, oh, dear. Whereabouts were you wounded, Major Gilbert? <laughs> At the front? No, it was in the... Leroy. <laughs> I, I was just going to tell him it was in the middle of... Uh, the... Leroy. But, Unc, you told me yourself you were wounded right smack in the middle of Missouri. Oh. <laughs> yes, that's right. In Jefferson City Mall. <laughs> but even so, you were lucky to have recovered. Yes. Everybody said I had a horseshoe in my hip pocket. <laughs> I didn't get rid of it either till they operated. Well, what were you doing in the Army when you weren't flying, Major? Well, I, I was sort of a recruiting officer. Yes, I brought more than 9,000 uh, recruits into the field artillery alone. Uh, I got a kick out of it, too. I imagine that must have been a lot of fun. A fun? Well, uh, only at the beginning, my dear. I got awfully tired in the end. Say, 
Uh, Uncle, huh? isn't it time for you to go to the radio station? By George, you're right, Marjorie. Leroy, you want to come along? Well, I'd like to, Uncle, but I got a little surprise of my own for tomorrow. I'm going over to Piggy Banks' house. Oh, oh say, while you're there, Leroy, remind Piggy's sister Penny about coming tomorrow. If you mean that Piggy Banks has a sister named Penny Banks? Yes. Uh-huh. She was named after Aunt Penelope, who lived in Indiana. Auntie is one of uh, the... Don't tell me, Marjorie, I know. One of the banks of the Wabash. <laughs> Oh, I don't know, Meatball. What you want with it? I need it for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Oh, you got the wrong instrument. On Thanksgiving, you play with drumsticks. Uh, now beat it. Oh, for corn's sake. Look, Pig, the reason I want it is because we're going to have a lot of soldiers for dinner. So what? We're having our cousin Rockwell. He's a city alderman. Oh, what's a measly old alderman? My uncle used to be a big shot in the army. A major in the Missouri Mules. <laughs> what you mean? Oh, that, that's what they called his outfit. Say, he recruited the toughest, meanest, frightenest outfit that ever come out of Missouri. What kind of outfit was it? Uh, a field artillery. You know, the cannon ears with hairy ears. <laughs> Did they really have hairy ears? Oh, blubber. I still can't see that this got anything to do with borrow my bugle. Gee, you're dumb. I gotta make these soldiers feel at home so they can enjoy the turkey dinner. I'm gonna blow mess call on your bugle. Oh, I get you. That's a keen idea, Meatball. Now will you lend it to me? Sure. Swell. Now, there's only one thing I gotta do. What's that? I gotta learn how to play a bugle. My, those turkeys sure look good, Bertie. You don't happen to have a spare leg, do you? No, sir, but I sure could use one with all the running around I've got to do. <laughs> Uh, no, Bertie, I mean a spare turkey leg. No, sir. I ain't gonna subdivide none of them birds before the zero hour. Ooh. And when I serve them, they're gonna be intact. A thing of beauty and a joy for about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about some stuffing, then? Nobody's gonna do no stuffing no how till everybody does. Yeah. And that includes stuffing yourself with stuffed olives, too. Oh, yeah. You're talking to me? Yes, sir. I've hardly got enough olives now to spell out Welcome 32nd Regiment in the mashed potatoes. Huh? You know, people have been coming to the door all morning asking for soldiers for dinner just because you went on the radio last night. Yeah, but I told them to go down to Bacon Square. Jumping Jeeps, what's that? Oh, it sounded like it came from the living room. Well, it can't be anything serious. Then again, maybe it can. I'll find out right away. Leroy! Yo. What are you doing? Learning how to blow a mess call, Unc. Was that mess call? Sounded more like a moose call. Boy, won't those soldiers be surprised when they hear me blowing the bugle? Yeah, and won't you, too. <laughs> Gee, give me a little time. All I need is practice. Yeah? I heard in school that Grace Moore practices six hours a day. Yeah, a lot of good it does her. I bet she still can't play the bugle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a sweet thought, Leroy, even if your music is sour. Oh, there's a doorbell. I'll get it, folks. 
Yes? Uh, excuse me, please. Uh, is this the gentleman who was speaking last night by the radio from Soldiers for Thanksgiving? Uh, yes, madam. They'll uh, permit me to introduce myself. Uh, Mrs. Sapiro, glad to meet you. Uh, how do you do, Mrs. Sapiro? Glad to meet you. What can I do for you? <laughs> well, I got right now in the oven a nice young kosher toiki, and I am wanting a soldier who is likewise. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Sapiro, but I haven't anything to do with these soldiers officially You'll find them down at Bacon Square Please, if the soldier boy I'm looking for is at Bacon Square Then he's not the soldier boy I'm looking for Uh. Goodbye (laughs) You started downtown yet? You better get going, it's almost 12 All right, just as soon as I get my coat and hat And Leroy uh, Leroy, come on if you're going downtown with me. Okay, I'm here I come. Yeah. Oh, stop that for a little. Young man, what are you doing swimming around in my old army uniform? Here, that's part of the surprise. How do I look? You and the mothballs look fine. Oh, girls, come in here and see Leroy. Look, he's got Uncle's uniform on, and it's all pinned up. Isn't it cute the way the britches almost reach to the floor and back? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Major Gildersleeve, why don't you put it on? Oh, I'm sorry, girls. But I couldn't get into that uniform if it were three times as big as it is now and I was twice as small as I am. Which would still be half again as large as the suit would be if it were double the size of what it is now, which it isn't, thank goodness, because if it was, I'd have to wear it and I can't because it doesn't fit. Leroy, with all those girls coming over to our house this afternoon, I'm going to have to ask for about 12 soldiers instead of eight. Oh, that'll be super, Unc. Say, look at all those tents. Gee, where are all the soldiers? Oh, they must be inside. Say, you don't think they've all been invited out already, do you? Leroy, you get the most fantastic ideas. Uh, Hello, Uh, where is everybody? Uh, How do you knock on a pup tent? There's nobody in here, Unc. Oh, my goodness, nobody home. Leroy, get away from that cannon before it goes off and takes you with it. Why did we wait so long? If all these pup tents are empty, I'm certainly going to be in the doghouse. Hey, Uncle Mort, here comes a soldier. Shall we invite him? Uh, yes, of course. Oh, uh, a soldier? Yeah? Uh, how would you like to come over to my house for dinner now? Oh, I don't know. Uh, we're going to have a... Hey, one... wait a minute. You leave this boy alone. He's coming home to dinner with me. Is that so? Don't you try to rustle my recruit. I saw him first. Oh, no, you didn't. I saw him first. You did not. I saw him at least 20 seconds before you did. Mister, I saw this boy 20 years before you did. He's my son. You... <laughs> Come on, boy. Mom's waiting. Yeah, Mom's waiting. Oh, my goodness. Leroy, if I don't bring back a bevy of boys for that gang of girls, my goose will be cooked instead of my turkeys. Hey, let's look in this big tent. Maybe somebody's here. Huh? Oh, hello, mister. Hello. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this is the mess tent, Leroy. Hello, Sergeant. Leroy, this is the mess, Sergeant. Uh, where can I find some of your boarders, Sergeant? Uh, they's deserted me. And after I've been working my fingers to the bone over a hot stove all morning. Oh. You, you mean they've all been invited to homes already? Everybody, including my dishwasher. Oh, Leroy, we're sunk. You're sunk? What about me? Fifty gallons of the finest turkey a la king made from a special recipe created by Prudence Penny. Twenty dozen dainty Parker House rolls that couldn't be topped by Parker House himself. And 32 mince pies made out of the tenderest part of the mince. Well, I, I can sympathize with you, Sergeant, but maybe you can help us. How? Well, it, it just so happens that we've gotten ourselves into something of a mess, Sergeant. 
we have three turkeys and almost a dozen beautiful girls at our house just waiting to entertain some soldiers. Yeah, you should see the cookies that are waiting for the rookies. <laughs> You'd have a wonderful time at our house, Sarge. How about taking off that apron and coming with us? I'm sorry, sir, but I'm on duty. Yeah? Like the captain of a ship, everybody else can leave. But I gotta get down with me pipes. <laughs> Gee, that's too bad. Come on, Uncle. Uh, before you go, I got just one slight request I'd like to make. Uh, would you please take a taste of my turkey a la king? Well, I don't think oh, I... Oh, come on. Huh? Just one teensy-weensy little taste. Well... Just so I didn't labor all morning in vain. Yeah. Here. You're conscientious, isn't he, Leroy? Well, thank you. Uh, you have some, son? Thank you, but it has spoiled my appetite for dinner. And I've been saving this appetite for a week. How do you like it, mister? Well, I think I'll have a little more. Oh, no, 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 Uncle Ward. Come on, we gotta dig up some soldiers. Uh, you're right, Leroy. Are you sure you won't come with us, Sarge? No, buddy. Duty is duty. And besides, the colonel would be sure to catch me if I sneaked out. Oh, the colonel? I'll bet he's got a few soldiers up his sleeve. Where can I find him? Way over there at the other end of the square, sitting in his tent. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, come on, Leroy. We'll lay our troubles in his lap. <laughs> Yes, yes, I'm Colonel Atterbury. What can I do for you? Uh, Colonel, my name is Gildersleeve. Oh, yes, very unusual name. What can I do for you? Uh, 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 Colonel, uh, Colonel? <laughs> I, I have a lovely big home, a wonderful cook, and a dozen of the sweetest girls in Summerfield. What, no boys? Uh, no, that's the trouble, no boys. We get all prepared to entertain 10 or 12 soldiers at dinner today, and when I come down to pick them up, what do I find? No soldiers. Not a single solitary rear rank third assistant buck private. Well, I, I'm sorry. Sorry, he gargles. Hi, George, this is a pretty pickle for our army to get itself caught over a barrel into. Yeah, and after I've been practicing mess calls all day, too. Yes, the poor little fellow almost blew his brains out. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'll do, Mr. Gildersleeve. Huh? Gildersleeve. So I think I know you from some place. Huh? Yes? Yes, I can't place your face, but your manners are awfully familiar. Yeah. <laughs> well, never mind. As soon as some of our men return, I'll send them out to your house. Oh, huh? That's just the old brush-off. I'm just stubborn enough to stay right Stubborn? Here. That's it. I've got it. Huh? Mules! <laughs> that's where I know you from. You were stuck again, Gildersleeve. The officer who bought more bad mules than the whole artillery could shake a stick at. Why, you... <laughs> you don't pay any attention to the way he jokes, Leroy. Great kidders, these army men. Well, Colonel, now that you recognize me, I hope you'll trot out some suitable recruits for us to take home. Gildersleeve, I've got just the right detachment for you. Yeah, wonderful. Who are they? Some old friends of yours. Huh? A whole corral full of mules. They just love to be your guest. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Leroy, uh, let's get out of here. Uh, uh, what am I laughing at? Donna, wish you'd invited me to go to dinner today. Uh, Leroy, you better run along home now and tell the girls I'll bring back some soldiers if I have to call out the Marines. Okay, Uncle, where are you going now? Uh, I'm going to try the USO headquarters. And if you see any soldiers on the way home, grab them, even if they're wearing Civil War uniforms. I'll do my best, Uncle Mort. See you when you get home. Yeah, all right, Leroy. Oh, uh, look who's standing on the corner. Well, hello, Judge Hooker. Hello, Gildersleeve. Uh, what's wrong? You look as though you've lost your last friend. But, of course, I know that happened years ago. Gildersleeve, I'll thank you to keep your nose out of my business. I'll be only too glad to. 
What are you doing hanging around street corners? I'm... Well, it's a long story. Huh? I happened to turn on the radio at home last night, and there was a fellow urging everyone to invite a soldier to dinner. Oh, 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 he did. Ah, uh, that speaker. Uh, There's a man. Uh, the way he told every citizen to do his duty by our new army was stirring and inspirational. It's, it was, eh? Yes. Why, the first thing I did this morning was phone the best restaurant in town and order the most expensive turkey dinner out to my house. Uh, I was going to invite a soldier to share it. That's the effect that speaker had on me. Well, uh, where is your soldier? Well, that's where the trouble comes in. Huh? People at the USO headquarters tell me that there would have been plenty of them to go around if this radio speaker hadn't wrecked all their plans by urging everybody in town to come down after a soldier. Oh, my goodness. So that was it. Of all the numbskull notions... Not I... a word against that man, Gildersleeve. Huh? He made a wonderful impression on me. Yeah. Clean cut... Vibrant personality. Uh -huh. One of nature's noblemen, I should judge. <laughs> Wish I could meet him someday. Would you really want to? Yes. Well, then shake hands. Oh, you'd like to meet him, too. Good gracious, no, I am him. Uh, what? Yeah. You? Why, you hypocritical hippopotamus. What? <laughs> no. No, that's wrong with me. I've misjudged you, Gildersleeve. Well, I... I guess I've misjudged you too, Judge Hooker. I never thought you had a heart under that old thick hide of yours. No? No. I just thought your blood circulated because you brought it to a boil so often. <laughs> what are you doing roaming the streets on Thanksgiving afternoon, Gildy? Yeah, same thing as you are, Hooker. Looking for some military men to fight their way through a couple of 20-pound turkeys. Well, I suppose we do our hunting together, Gildy, old pal. Why not, old chum? After all, this is Thanksgiving Day, and we should treat each other like human beings for change. Splendid. That goes for me, too. At least for today. Yeah, well, come on, come on, come on. You work this side of the street, and I'll take the other side. All right. Oh, boy. Wait a moment. What is it? Look, here comes the young fellow in uniform now. And I saw him first. Yes, that's so. Hey, hey, son, come here, come uh, here. Stop that, you double-crossing little bockfly. Young man, how'd you like a delicious turkey dinner? Huh? Who, me? Yes, he wants you to come up to my house. I don't either. I'm in my house. I've got a great big turkey just for two of us. Uh, we got four turkeys at our house, and we'll give you a whole one for yourself, son. Oh, gee whiz, I couldn't eat that much. And besides, I'm supposed to report to USO headquarters. Uh, They're closed for the day, uh, Corporal. Come on out to my house. Oh, but I'm not a corporal. Of course not, Sergeant. Now my car's right over here. <laughs> so if you'll excuse us, Judge... No, come this way with me, Lieutenant. <laughs> You wouldn't like it at his place, Captain. Oh, now, gentlemen, please. please. Let go of me. Hey, you're tearing my uniform. Let go of the Major's uniform. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's trot along. Let's trot along. Okay. If you want to get indigestion, now my turkey is... His turkey is as old as he is and just as tough. Hey, I wish somebody would tell me what this is all about. Don't let him confuse you, son. I'll take you to a movie after dinner. A movie? Uh, we're going to have dancing at our house. You'll have 12 beautiful hostesses to dance with. Oh, who wants to dance on a full stomach? You do, don't you, son? Well, gee, I don't know. I never learned. No time like right after dinner. Come on, that's my car right over there. Of all the low-down, backbiting, double-dyed, unscrupulouses, I've had enough. Come back here, young man. Who, me? Yes, you. I'm going to start off entertaining you this afternoon by making this fat worm fold up like a road map. Uh, here, hold my coat. I'll be very glad to. No, I won't. Now, see here, Hooker, you point a pinky at me, and I'll beat the daylights out of you, and then back in again. Hey, gee, aren't you two fellas a little too old for this sort of thing? Yep, you keep out of this. Who invited you to? Say, I invited you. Come on, let's go home. No, you don't, Gildersleeve. I'm going to knock you colder than an Eskimo mother-in-law's kiss. What? <laughs> you old... Oh, 
<laughs> What's the use of quarreling like this? If you've got your heart set on taking this young man home, Judge, I won't stand in your way. Yeah, but haven't I anything to say? No. Gildersleeve, do you mean this? Yes, Judge. Go on, get your car. Hurry up now before I change my mind. All right. You just wait right here, soldier. I'll be back in a jiffy, and then we'll have a wonderful dinner. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, Gildy. Yeah. Yeah. Gee whiz, mister. You got me all confused. Do I have to have dinner with that other gentleman? With that old goat? Of course not. Huh? Wait till he turns the corner. All right, come on. I'll run like anything. But, but the judge went that way. I know that. My car is this way. Hurry up, boy. There they are now. Come on, girls. Let's go to the front door. Come on. Bertie, get things ready. Leroy, there's your cue. Well, well, well. Here we are at last. Step right in, son, and meet everybody. Mm, gee, thanks. Uh, girls, this is Jerry Arnold, Private Jerry Arnold of the United States Army. Oh, no, sir. Oh, you're not a private? Oh, no, sir. I'm not even in the Army. What? You're not? I know, sir. I'm a Boy Scout. Sorry, our time's up. Happy Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. (laughs) Original music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to be with us again next week at the same time for the further adventures of the great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Very early episode of the great Gildersleeve, November 16th. 1941, good Thanksgiving show. Earl Ross there as Judge Hooker. Also in that cast, Hans Conried, Lillian Randolph, uh, Lorene Tuttle, Walter Tetley as Leroy, and uh, good old Hal Perry as Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, sponsored by Kraft, is heard on NBC. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll have more of the WGN Radio Theater. Disease. Motorists this Thanksgiving holiday never drink and drive. The Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists Drunk Buster Program pays $100 to motorists who report an impaired driver that leads to a DUI arrest. This program is in effect year-round in DuPage, Lake, Kane, Grundy, McHenry, Will, Boone, and Winnebago counties, and statewide on all major holidays, including Thanksgiving. Citizens are encouraged to report erratic driving to the police. That's AAIM, the Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists. For information, visit www.aaim1.org. I just uh, ordered a new bathing suit off of Amazon. Is that right? Are you going somewhere? I bought a medium. I didn't ask you what size you bought. I asked if you were going somewhere, but thank you for that information. I am. I'm going to Bermuda. That's all you need is a medium? Medium. I'm a medium <laughs> uh, bathing suit. Oh, I would have guessed maybe a different size. Yeah, no, medium. Medium. What color is it? It's uh, orange. Orange. It's orange, orange. and it's, kinda, it's like kind of like a camouflage type of thing. Orange, orange camouflage? Yeah. It's kind of nice. It's How nice. long is it? Like the legs? Long. Long. All, all like the way down knees? to my ankles. To your ankles. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that sounds attractive. You're going yeah. to Bermuda? Going to well, Bermuda. Well, if I wasn't going before, I'm sure, certainly going now because I've got to see that swimsuit on you. Well, you know, you have uh, your... Um your um, plane <laughs> fare, and you have everything. You got your accommodations. You're well, going. It's going to be on Oceanic Cruise Line. Yeah. Those are the accommodations. We want which all of our listeners to come with. Truly a luxurious cruise line, best of the best in terms of food and entertainment. And we're traveling to Bermuda. We're going to St. George and Hamilton. We're going to do some uh, exploring on the islands and some relaxing mm-hmm. on the ship. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to have a classic radio cruise. Yeah. So. So this isn't just a regular old cruise. This is a very special cruise. Right. We're going to have some contests and trivia prizes and reenactments, and we're going to have cocktail parties. We're going to do it all, and we hope that you'll join us. Yeah, we're going to get to eat dinner with you we're guys and lunch. We're, and we're going to eat and then eat, eat a little bit eat more. Eat and eat. And we're going to the casinos. <laughs> we're going, we're to, going to the go spa. to Bermuda together. And the pool. It's and you know what? It's like fun. in nine months from now. It's not that far off. And nine it, months. We started talking about it so You could have ago. another baby in that time Oh, period. my gosh. Right. That's true. One could. Talk to Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to work on you that. You could bring a brand new baby on the ship. Yeah. Something tells me that's not going to work out for Why me. Why not? Might be a little long in the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't the only problem. That might be it. That might be it. So we're working with the travel agency, Keen Luxury Travel. I'll give you their phone number, 800-856-1155. Ask for the WGN Radio Theater Classic Radio Cruise. Come with us, folks. We'd love to have you on that cruise with us uh, August 1st, 2020. That's right. August 1st, about nine months away. A little, little more than nine months away. So you could have the baby. I'll have the baby and bring it and with. Bring it with. Bring it with. And we're going to call the baby Harlow. Yeah, Harlow. Harlow. That way, if it's a girl, it's named Harlow, and if it's a guy, it's named Let's Harlow. Let's just go with Harlow. It's perfect. Perfect.